0: Hey guys, quick note before the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. I just want to let you guys know that if you have any feedback, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, You guys get a hold of me on LinkedIn or my email. uh, That's joe at codessa.io. That's I and the O at the end. Um, Yeah, just let me know what your feedback is, what questions you want to hear, guests, all that good stuff. I'll keep giving you guys great content and uh, hopefully keep this thing going. All right. Have a great day, guys. Uh, Not to the podcast. joe momo presents i'm here with uh, a special guest today this week um he was the uh, ceo of Ronald mcdonald house charities here in southern alberta um he's also the ceo of easter seals alberta and the current ceo of kirby center um, welcome to the podcast uh larry matheson
1: well thanks for having me on joe my pleasure awesome
0: uh so yeah let's jump right into the podcast uh yeah, so tell us a little bit about uh, your origin story, just for some context for our listeners.
1: Well, you know, uh, many years ago, I won't, I won't say how many, but uh, I was uh, in uh, university studying psychology, and uh, I, I thought uh, my big plan was to become a psychologist and, and help people uh, through counseling. And uh, while I was doing my undergraduate degree, I started working part-time with autistic kids. And I thought, man, this is, this is great. I love this. And uh, started uh, going down a different path, essentially. Started becoming more interested in organizations that helped people than, uh, than just helping people myself. I kind of thought, well, if I could become good at uh, running organizations that help people, I would have a much bigger impact than if I just started meeting with people one on one in an office or something.
0: Mm.
1: So that's kind of what led me to to where I am now, I suppose. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Uh,
0: so what uh, what made you want to pursue a career in uh, the nonprofit industry? And um,
1: yeah. Well, I had, uh, I, I worked uh, with, as I mentioned, with autistic children, and after I graduated, I uh, I started to work uh, full-time with autistic children, and then I moved over to work for uh, Hull, Hull Homes, who at the time worked with uh, children and families with, who had kind of uh, been involved with the child welfare system, and uh as, as I worked with uh, a lot of great people, I started to realize there's a lot of really good therapists around. But the industry at the time, or I felt at the time, had uh, a bit of a lack of, of good managers and good administrators. Um, and that, that may have been a personal bias, but it kind of set me on a journey where I wanted to learn as much as I could about how do you make these organizations work? work well work effectively and essentially be more helpful
0: Mm, mm. that's really that's really awesome Um, so what was one thing i guess when you're starting your career um, that you wish you would have kind of kind of known before you began your career career
1: well you know i i started working for organizations that were largely funded by government and so most of the organizations I worked with early in my career um, had you know 95 percent of their funding came from some level of government and in organizations like that uh, you know you you didn't you didn't use the term marketing if you were working for a charity you've talked about communications or PR but you definitely didn't talk about marketing but as I started to work for organizations that weren't completely funded by government I started to realize how important marketing is to the sector, e- even if you're a hundred percent of your funding is through, through government, but really organizations need the support of their communities, whether that's volunteers or donors or, or whatever. And you really need to be able to tell your story. You need to market what you do to get that support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: just to quickly step back uh, just want to give a little bit more context to uh, our listeners um, so Kirby Kirby Center uh, what uh, exactly uh, is your guys's vision what's what's your guys's mission um, in the
1: community well we serve uh, we serve seniors essentially and so and we define seniors as 55 and up and uh, we have been in this building the Kirby Center uh, for, for decades now and, and, the Kirby center is actually, it was the original Mount Royal college building. And so we have provided all sorts of, uh, courses and classes and outreach services and all ga- aimed at helping people live as well as they can for as long as they can. And so there's kind of a number of components to that. But one of the things is uh, our, our world is changing for, for everyone. And for seniors at this time, um, it's, it's a, a tremendous time of change. And so you know, I would say most of the research that we're involved in and most of the groups uh, of seniors that we work with, about a third of those seniors don't use the internet. Oh. And so in our digital and online world, uh, we design a lot of things for people who use the internet. And so two-thirds of our population, we we are um, get, becoming better, I suppose, in connecting with them uh, online and so on. But the other third, we have to be able to um, connect with them in other ways. And definitely for seniors, uh, through the economy that we've had and now through this this pandemic, uh, many of our seniors, their retirement savings are not expected to last them as long as they expected 10 or 20 years ago. And so now there's a growing need for seniors to re-enter the marketplace in some way. And so, you know, the courses and the supports that we offered five or 10 years ago uh, are less, less relevant to our users now, for sure.
0: Mm, that's interesting i guess this next question kind of dovetails into uh into uh, what you were speaking about but uh what's one big failure or challenge um and what did you guys or what have you learned from it
1: well uh, you know a a huge challenge that's recent is uh we as an organization have have looked at uh, moving to a new location for uh, uh really for 10 years and and I really just started with Kirby uh, at the beginning of the new year in January, and uh, then this pandemic uh, happened, and we had a need to have our our staff who were staying on to be able to work remotely, and we needed to connect with our seniors in uh, through Zoom and through you know teleconferences and so on, and for many years Kirby Center had not invested in keeping their technology and their software current and so you're you're forced into a situation where you need to be able to reach out to your um, to your user group to your members and maybe have courses on zoom instead of in person uh but your technology is is failing you and so you know it it, it's forced us to very quickly turn that around and figure out how are we going to piece together technology and get up to speed. And, you know, one of the ironic things that happened um, this, this week, actually, is last last year, most of our fundraising, we do a lot of fundraising, like a lot of charities, and lots of our fundraising is either in events or in mail. People mail us checks. And, uh, and we still do those things, but we don't do fundraising events right now and so we started uh, you know experimenting with more online and digital fundraising platforms and so last year in our last fiscal year uh, we had 45 online donations which is incredibly low for an organization our size and so we've started experimenting a bit and trying to overcome that how do we how do we get more people to support us and so in april april you know just Just uh, is April over? No, not quite. Yeah, in April uh, we already we had sixty donations online in April alone. So in one month we were able to raise more money online than we did the entire last year. And so I think the lesson that we've taken away from this is never again let ourselves get into the point where our technology and our um, our software is so outdated. That, you know, we're we're leaving so much support on the table that we could be uh, bringing to support seniors. Absolutely.
0: Never a good thing.
1: Uh, Technology is a uh,
0: barrier uh, to kind of your success. And I'm glad you guys were able to uh, uh, find solutions around that problem and challenge. And that's great to hear.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you.
0: Um, okay, so what advice uh, would you give somebody wanting to pursue a career in uh, nonprofits or a, a career similar to, to yourself?
1: Well I, I think your your preparation is important and I think a lot of uh, you know individuals if you might do a, a social work degree or a psychology degree a masters whatever and uh, I have found, And I definitely would recommend that for someone going into the nonprofit sector is have kind of an education that prepares you for the human service side, the clinical side, or whatever. But also round out your education with uh, business and fundraising and marketing and and kind of the hard uh, hard sciences behind you know, how do you keep organizations uh, operating effectively?
0: Absolutely. it's uh, I always feel the uh, business and uh, operation side is always kind of uh, missing in the uh, holistic approach of uh, being prepared for the next level of, uh, of business, uh, nonprofits, and all that. So it's great to hear that a leader like yourself um, recommends kind of a full full uh encompassing approach to to being prepared
1: yeah for sure i think uh, even if you're whether you're in the for-profit or non-for-profit sector uh you can't stop learning uh because the world is changing so rapidly uh and you and i suppose you have to keep studying uh those those areas absolutely you have to
0: keep innovating uh every day every every year so that you don't get left behind or um yeah, it's uh, it's great to hear. Um, so, for the next question, um, what do you think uh, was a unique skill or skills uh, that's helped you become uh, successful in your career path?
1: Um, I I think I had a uh, a particular interest in learning. I guess and and not um, not stopping learning. So, always kind of exposing yourself to new. Uh, new skill sets and uh, whether that be online or uh, you know I, I always like to try to take courses I'm always taking courses in fundraising or digital media or social media or something like that and I, I, I think just always exposing yourself to new ideas uh, it keeps you bringing something fresh to your organization. Absolutely
0: has there been anything in particular that's uh, inspired you or um... They listen to or read.
1: Well, you know, I I always, uh, you know, I'm always kind of paying attention to, you know, what are what are the popular, uh, you know, business uh, gurus kind of saying and producing and so on, uh, but also kind of in the in the, the sector, uh, I you know one of one of the things I I like to do is kind of look at TED talks and so on on uh, youtube and and follow kind of some of the the nonprofit gurus as well
0: mm, okay um has there been any uh uh common myths or um i guess uh for your industry or profession that you want to uh debunk I,
1: you know i i uh you know i'm a big fan of dan Pilata. And uh, he has the, uh, I think his, his TED talk on, on YouTube was called Everything You Know About Charity is Wrong. And uh, Dan, um, you know, in that video, I think it's had like 4 million, 5 million views or something. But he talks about kind of all the fallacies around uh, administration expenses and fundraising and kind of a lot of the things that we believe about the sector that that don't really make sense or that actually um disadvantage the the charitable sector and so you know some of the things that he um he focuses on is kind of the cost of administration and you know people who are very smart very um well established business people will often have beliefs about charities needing to and being able to operate a very very low admin costs whereas in their own businesses they would they would understand the value of investment and investing in their their business and and you know creating um that business kind of thing and i'm i'm actually kind of looking forward to, i think um Dan has a book coming out, The Everyday Philanthropist, next month. So I'm kind of looking forward to that because I do pay attention to kind of a lot of the things he says about has to say about the sector and about fundraising as well.
0: Mm, that's a really great uh, resource. Um, speaking of resources, uh, has there been any other um, that's kind of uh, helped you along the way uh, besides the TED Talks and uh, um, the business articles? Has there been anything, whether that be a person or... Uh, just something that you read regularly in your routine. Is that, is, has there been any resources that's helped along the way?
1: I, you know, I, I like to try to read fairly broad. But it just recently, uh, I, I reread Renee Brown's Dare to Lead. And, uh, I, you know, there's there's some books that you kind of come back to because you think, you know, I got so much out of that, the first read. And then the second read, you know, just brings brings that extra extra nugget and and I do find her uh, also someone who is well known on on TED talks and so on but I I find her research and her uh, her uh, mainstream books uh, quite uh, good messaging on leadership and and what it takes to lead whether that's for-profit or not-for-profit
0: Oh, very cool. Has there been anything in particular in the book or strategy that you've implemented personally uh, in, in terms of leadership that's uh, that's helped you?
1: Well, you know, I, I think even just kind of in our, uh, we, we have a, a, a management team here. Our senior managers are um, uh, not not older, but they, well, they're a little bit older and we have a young group of uh, our, our next layer of of management are quite a bit younger and I, I do find kind of using some of their exam her examples her her videos her books with our our up-and-coming leaders because they're learning to be leaders um, is quite useful to, to me
0: very interesting okay cool um, so in terms of uh, what you've been learning has there been anything that you're really curious about right now that's something that's um, That's that's always in the back of your mind or something that you're wanting to uh, learn more about.
1: Well, you know, I I am uh, I'm kind of a or I've become, I suppose, a big (laughs) social media fan. And I have through most of my career, I've worked with families or with children or organizations that support families and children. And uh, I was very interested in uh, moving to a seniors organization uh, because I was curious if some of the the uh, approaches that would support those organizations could resonate with people who were interested in seniors organizations. And I, and I really do think that um, you know for seniors, you know, if you look at it on a percentage basis, how many, you know what demographic is growing fastest on instagram or twitter it, it always seems to be seniors because so many people are adopting the technology and i i think one of the things i'm really curious about is how as as seniors you know that one-third of seniors who don't use the internet at all um how you can help them make that transition and 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 use that technology uh whether it be social or just the internet as, as a, you know, a whole kind of thing
0: right yeah absolutely um it's always uh uh interesting to uh see the trends um like you saying like you're saying um seniors are a very fast exploding demographic on social media you see it on facebook all the time yeah. uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting insight there. Um, stepping back a little bit, uh, Calgary, um, what has, how has it changed um, from when you started uh, to where you are today or where you are now?
1: Oh, man, that's a, that's a, a, good, a good question. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I think back, uh, you, I moved up to Calgary when I was a kid from, from the East and uh, so I basically grew up in Calgary. And uh, I remember a time where the Calgary Tower was the, the tallest, largest building. And uh, and now, uh, you know, you, you look at buildings like the Bow and, and TELUS and stuff like that, it, the whole skyline is different. But when I, when I think of that architecture of downtown Calgary, um, I also kind of think of all the ups and downs the uh, Calgary business and Calgary economy has has gone through and uh, you know it it is definitely a changing city and a a city of um, resilience and survival I think
0: absolutely I feel like our our city mentality is going to what's going to help us get through um, what we're currently going through in terms of the pandemic and um, the virus so uh, very tough city. <laughs> we could get through uh, uh, most of the things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a strange time, eh? Absolutely.
0: Um, okay, cool. So, um, just a few more questions here. Uh, what's one question uh, that you never get asked that you wish uh, you would be asked?
1: Well, you know, I every kind of uh, nonprofit I've worked for, uh, you you always you always hope that that people would want to uh, connect with the people that you're you're helping and some some of those organizations there's kind of an easy fit for that but one of the things i noticed with seniors is that uh uh, people kind of kind of the general public is is very supportive of what we do but but don't always know how to how to become engaged and and, you know, with the pandemic, this is kind of an interesting, um, surprise to us is, as we have like thousands of members. And so we knew that those members would be isolated and, and for seniors, isolation is, is an awful thing and something that w- we try to combat quite a bit, but we knew that because of health reasons, you had to be isolated. And so right away, we started calling out our, to our membership list. And so many of our, our the seniors that we were calling uh, were, were so socially isolated. They they would want to they just want to have a discussion with you. And we were, we were trying to get through this whole list of thousands of people. You know, just want to see if you you got groceries, you got food, you got your prescriptions. And uh, and we essentially decided, you know there's such a need and such a demand. We started recruiting volunteers. And I think I think we've got 17 volunteers now that we've recruited and trained to be social callers. And so they'll, they'll devote a couple of hours a day to calling one or two seniors uh, just to check in with them and to spend some time on the phone. Just, you know, how are you doing? You know, just talking about anything. And I, you know, to see how much how well received that is how people are so thankful for that um and it, you know it just kind of brings me back to i i just really wish people would would ask us how how can we engage with seniors or how how can we help seniors kind of thing and I, and i think for every type of nonprofit you know leaders want to know how how can we get people to engage with the people we serve
0: Mm-hmm. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I think what you guys are doing uh, at, the, at your guys' organization is really powerful and really um, helpful to the community. And um, yeah, I'd like to ask you, like, how can people uh, engage and um, help out anywhere possible uh, and kind of move your guys' vision forward?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're definitely on uh, Kirby Center is on Twitter and uh, Facebook and i am personally on twitter uh as larry or at larry matheson and uh also on instagram and facebook as well so people can definitely connect with me and obviously as you know i'm on linkedin as well so um i i'd be happy for people to kind of reach out to me on any of those uh, any of those channels for sure awesome
0: is there anything in particular for the organization that you guys uh, would need right now, or just mostly just more volunteers? And um...
1: you know, I I could I could speak for the entire sector right now. I mean, I think every every charity and every nonprofit in Alberta right now uh, needs needs donations, needs financial support, just because you know we all rely on our fundraising events and. We're not doing them right now, and and there's so many things that in the economy and with this pandemic have, uh, you know, decimated the revenue models for most charities in, in Alberta. So, uh, we definitely need that. We we definitely can mobilize more volunteers. So, uh, time time treasure and talent, I guess.
0: <laughs> time treasure and talent. Okay. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, so, for just to end the podcast here, I usually like to have a um, my guest uh, pose a question to the audience, or even a a story for them to kind of marinate on and kind of leave lasting impressions.
1: Ooh, that's that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I I think. Uh, yeah you know, a a little while back, I had done a a little bit of research on, um, you know, what, uh, what people and particularly what millennials, um, what kind of impression they, they want to leave on social media and how they want to present themselves on social media. And uh, I would say, you know, I, I can understand how people would have that, that desire. But I I would say you know some of the people that I think impress me the most, um, in, instead of uh, uh, what what do I look like on Instagram or whatever, they're concerned with what is their legacy, and so what impact are they are they making on their community, uh, and and how how is that how is that visible in their life, and I you know I we're obviously very interested in the needs of seniors and um would love you know all your listeners to come out and support our or- organization but I, there's a lot of great charities out there we definitely need help but there's there's a lot of other great causes so i would just you know encourage your listeners to uh, think what what legacy am, am i going to leave in our community and how how am i going to do that mm, that's very deep and powerful um I mean, I would love to ask you that
0: question as well. What's uh, what's the legacy that you're trying to trying to uh, leave uh, in the community uh, with you, the work you're doing?
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, I, again at this at this point in my career, I very purposefully uh, moved from organizations that serve kids uh, and support support families to to seniors um, because I really. Uh, I, I really w- was interested as much in the sector as as the people and that we help. And uh, you know, I, I really kind of want my legacy to be, um, you know, not only you know the people that my organization helps and and doing that better, but also helping other people who are leading other organizations and helping other people. So. Having an impact on the sector as well as on the people that we work with and or that I work with, I suppose, in my day job, kind of thing.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate uh, all your insights, Larry. I'm, I'm sure my listeners will uh, will get lots of uh, uh, great insights and um, great knowledge and value from uh, from your experiences and um, all the great words and um, advice you gave so I really appreciate that
1: well thank you for asking me it was my pleasure
0: yeah and I'm sure our my listeners will reach out to you like you said on Twitter Facebook, LinkedIn and also reach out to uh, the Kirby Center's social media to see if they can uh, help out in any way possible
1: we, we would love that
0: awesome thanks Larry thanks Joe bye bye